This is Professor Raymond Noby, Department of Ancient History, log entry number two. I believe I have made a significant find in the castle of Cantor. Having journeyed there with my wife, Henrietta, my daughter, Annie, and associate professor, Ed Gettler. It was in the rear chamber of the castle. We stumbled upon something remarkable. Once again, yes, the same shit yes every week. But I'll indulge you, you creepy English tart. I'm here for my weekly stash of Teddy Mags, my favorite taco bar in the whole wide world, Toblerone, and my lotto ticket. <gasps> Who bought a shingle? I have one! On this episode, host Derek Carey welcomes members of his yearly 31 Days of Horror Challenge, on to discuss the month they had in October of completely overindulgent horror film intoxication. They let us know their best, worst, and most surprising films viewed. To keep up to date with the various projects of Derek Carey and Rabbit Child Films, Follow him on Facebook and Twitter. Also, follow Astro Radio Z on Facebook and the brand spanking new Tumblr page where you can find all the new episodes and a selection of some of the best classic Astro Radio Z shows of the past. Now, on with the show. here tonight to talk about the 31 days of horror everyone that watches horror films and is a geek knows about that month of october being a month where every single one of us watches nothing but horror movies until our eyes bleed our earwax completely just comes out and we look like the incredible melting man hold on just finished this month go ahead mo did you just say the month of october is a month carry on Thanks for derailing. Thanks for derailing my opening monologue, Mo. I, I I appreciate that. Nothing but pure professionalism here on Astro Radio Z. Thirty-one days of horror challenges. You every single day of the month of October, you watch one horror film. And in a group that I run, that I've been running for about five years now, we uh, we we post about it, we talk about it, and we geek out a little bit. So this show is going to be. I get my Google Hangout crew that's been on the last few episodes to sit and talk about the stuff they've been watching because we all have zero lives 
and we love watching movies endlessly. Wait. Uh, okay, so uh, the group that I got here tonight is writer, journalist, filmmaker, extraordinaire, podcaster, Mr. Andrew Andrew Sharir. How are you doing, my fine sir? Um, I'm good, man. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's drinking the Shaq Fu. So does Shaq Fu. Yeah. This stuff is really good. <laughs> wait, which wait, hold on? Which one are you drinking? Because I've had uh, like that. two this different flavors, the, and they were both This is shit. the strawberry cream. Oh, yeah, I didn't try the strawberry one. Here, oh, put that up again. Yeah, the blueberry <laughs> and the vanilla. <laughs> shit, that's that? fucking amazing. Now I know the people that are listening to Astro Radio Z have no clue of what's going on right now, but uh, <laughs> there's a large can, a tall of uh, some kind of soda that has uh, Shaquille O'Neal on it. Yeah. I'll pour a little bit out for the homies that aren't on the podcast. I can only guess that you turn into steel after drinking that. Uh, Next on the show is Mark the Movie Man. Everyone that listens to Astro Radio Z knows this man, even though he was missing in action our last show on Bad Movie Culture, and we missed you dearly. How are you doing, my fine sir? Oh, we're doing just fine. Uh, Very busy, but uh, managed to make it in in time, so I'm happy to be here. Rock is there uh, anything you want to tell anybody about the, some of the new stuff you got going on? Oh, the new stuff I got going on. Yeah, I uh, became a part of the WeLiveFilm.com webpage. It's a huge uh, community. Well, not a huge, but a very large community of very popular YouTube reviewers. And now I'm part of that webpage. And I've got a weekly segment called Horror Thursdays. I'm representing horror there every week so uh, on Thursday. And I'm bringing to them independent horror, whether or not they like it. Uh, I don't care because it, the the guy who runs this uh, website said I could bring whatever movie I want, and I said, "Oh, you're asking for it." So, <laughs> so let me guess: an uh, an evening with the Japanese is your first pick? <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Actually, I've had about ten shows so far, and uh, I've featured Billy Club on one of them, and uh, uh, featured a couple of uh, ones that were just on video on demand, like Lords of Salem, and that. I even did a review on uh, a Serbian film, which actually Ooh. got a lot better response than I thought it would. So, well, everybody. Everyone loves the Serbian film. Everyone loves that wholesome family film. Not everyone. Oh, don't talk to me. The next, the next gentleman on the, on the panel is a dear friend of the show, Mr. Mosif Porn. Oh, Mr. Moe, oh, look at that lovely picture that's behind you. I was hoping I, I am so glad. I am so glad I brought you on to this. Oh, you it, missed, it, you thank you, Moe. You missed it. There were two girls a second ago uh, doing a little scissor action. It was fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure this video is going to be banned from uh, YouTube oh, it, almost it instantaneously. Will. It, it will. What? And I'm going to have to do some matting. Back there. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some matting to this as she humps <laughs> her, her bed. Um, Mr. Mo, please hey. tell tell Astro Radio Z about yourself again. Uh, Mo Porn, uh, host of uh, Drunk on VHS uh, and the uh, amazing No Budget Nightmares. There goes my candle. Now I'm in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you can only be lit by the humping motions and gyrating motions of the the TV I'm behind so you. I'm so scared. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is, there, is there something outside your tent, Mo? I hear humping people. <laughs> I guarantee you at some point during this thing, you're gonna, I'm going to get up and go stand in the corner. Uh, <laughs> Looking at the corner? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, nothing really major going on. I just uh, opened 
Well, it's it's sort of in pre-production at the moment, if that's what you want to call it, for a website. But uh, uh, drunkonvhs.com, uh, which will be the new home for Drunk on VHS. It had been uh, here and there and a little bit of everywhere and finally has its own official home, you know, its own .com. And uh, I'll start archiving episodes up there and posting new shit really soon. Awesome. I'm very excited to see all of this stuff sure. as a fan of uh, Drunk on VHS. So Woo. awesome, dude. Great news. The next gentleman on our panel is new. He was part of uh, the 31 Days of Horror Challenge group, contributed quite a bit. So I'm really happy to have Scott on tonight. Scott, why don't you introduce ourselves? I know you're a podcaster as well. So please uh, give the fine listeners of Astro Radio Z a primer on who you are. All right, um, Scott Davis, a uh, big fan of the Scissor Action. Um, <laughs> Who isn't? And, uh, I, uh, I write uh, for a website called uh, FilmGeekCentral.com. I'm one of the editors there. Uh, they, they don't do, do just uh, horror and cult film. They kind of do a mixture of everything, including a lot of uh, mainstream stuff. The uh, two people I run the place with, and we did a, podca- a couple podcasts as well, they know that I'm a big fan, though, of like the cult and horror films. So I'd like, I, we, d- we did like a podcast, a couple podcasts of Film Geek Central, and we do the website. They know that I'm a huge uh, cult and horror movie fan, though. So I'm doing like this ongoing column throughout the year, you know, Scott's Film Geek Journal on the, on the site, and for... October, I uh, did um, 31 days of spooky stuff, you know, where I could just, like, exhaust, like, all my horror films and stuff that I was watching every day anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tanya was nice enough to invite me to the group. Thank you. I also uh, do a YouTube web series called Movieocrity, where um, we get tens <laughs> of visitors. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a thing, basically, it starts out being, like, about, like, the great, you know, spotlighting exploitation films, how much, you know, uh, I love exploitation films, especially, you know, the kind that kind of show a joy of filmmaking, a joy of just experiencing the movies and stuff, Uh, and also kind of like sticking a little middle finger to the Hollywood mainstream that tries to do things as safely and as mediocre as possible. Here, here. So that's on, yeah, that's Movieocrity, I do that. So those are the two things I've got going on right now. Used to write for Horror Express, used to do, uh, well, I've been around for a while now. <laughs> so. Well, thanks for stopping on in and joining us well, in the festivities tonight. And also being a part of the group. It was a good time. This, this year was a really <laughs> good year. And last but not least, the grand mistress of Astro Radio Z, Miss Tanya Atomic. How are you tonight, madam? I'm doing well. Woohoo! Do you want? Do you wish to promote your amazing movie that you're currently in production on? Sure. Um, right now, I'm working on Plain Devil. It's a I don't know how to describe it. It's a silly comedy about um, about this girl named Lil Gypsy who's from an unspecified European place, kind of like Balky from Perfect Strangers. Uh. <laughs> she comes to um, America and meets a group of girls who are kind of delusional, self-delusional, and they're in this gang, and kind of teach her to be sort of Americanized, and, and it all works out with a happy ending. It's heartfelt. Way to ruin it for silly, us. Goofy, silly, goofy comedy. That's, uh, I can't wait to see this. You, you've been teasing us with pictures on the Facetrons, and and uh, I know I've read the script, and, it, and it's amazing. And I know the style you're going for with the music is amazing. And uh, I'm anxious, super anxious to see this thing. Finish it already. <laughs> Soon. I, 
probably be done in, in a couple months. Awesome. I, I shouldn't say anything like that because here I am. Uh, I'm working on two features, one feature that's going on almost two years of post and another feature that uh, we're still shooting on. So I should shut the fuck up. I got no, I got nothing to say there. So anyway, so, so tonight we're going to obviously, like, like I said, talk about the 31 Days of Horror. We're going to each go through and pick the best movie we saw, the worst movie we saw. And if anybody has a, a certain movie beyond the best movie that kind of shocked them, or not shocking as in, oh my fuck, I'm offended. Um, more like, uh, I was surprised that this was actually as good as it was, or I was surprised how fucking awful this movie was. But um, if, you have, if you have a film that has offended you that much, just send me an IM real quick so that I can look it up. <laughs> He's going to watch it and rub I'm one gonna watch while it we talk. right now. <laughs> I guess I'll start this off. We'll start with, let's do the good stuff right away because uh, the worst stuff everybody always seems to go on and on and on about. So let's leave that for a little later. Right now, let's go through the good stuff that we all watch to start off on a good note. Um, I'll start and... Uh, we started a couple weeks back in the group, uh, this thing, the movie of the week. It was kind of an idea I came up with, and along with Tanya, we kind of decided, yeah, let's let's go with this. Um, everyone in the group voted for, out of three movies, a movie to watch. And the first week, the movie everybody watched was the new version of Maniac. And that ended up being the best movie I saw all month. I gotta admit, I'm an immensely huge fan of William Lustig's original Maniac. It's kind of a one-of-a-kind, sleazeball, grimy, gross, dirty... I don't even want to call it really a slasher movie because uh, it goes beyond that. It's just a movie when you're done watching it, you just feel like you got to jump in a bath and uh, just rub yourself with a Brillo pad to try and get that grime off of you. It's just such a nasty movie and... Um, I was really hesitant about this new one. It looks super u uber slick, but the more I listened to the soundtrack and when I finally saw the film, it's, it's fucking unbelievable. I thought it blew me away. It was so stylistic, so well done. So, like, to me, for some reason, at first I was fighting myself with the POV shots. Like, the whole film, obviously, the, the big gimmick is it's filmed from his perspective. It's POV, except for, you know, a few times when it pulls away uh, while he's killing or after he's done killing and it pulls away to show you the whole situation that's going on. At first, I, I fought it because it felt forced. And then uh, after a while, it actually made the film more emotionally engaging to me. Like, I felt more in tune with the character than I would have in any other way. And by the end of the film, I fucking loved that movie. I, I fucking adored it. So my, my pick for the best of my 31 days of exhaustive horror film watching was the remake of Maniac with Mr. Elijah Wood just completely knocking it out of the park. If anyone has anything to add on that, go for it. Did anyone else enjoy this film? I did, yeah. I loved I it. Lo I loved it too. I, I thought it was an interesting approach to try to do a remake, um, you know, from a different perspective. I, I really loved it, and I really love Elijah Wood doing creepy shit. So, you know, I mean, he's really, he's really trying to shed that moniker that he's had for a while, you know, and really just do some crazy stuff. I loved him when he was in Sin City, actually, and and I loved him in Maniac. You know, I, I hope to see him more in horror because he was considered kind of this mainstream guy and he's done these big pictures and now he's doing this crazy shit like Maniac. Yeah, so. Nor North really fucked him up. 
<laughs> the good son. <laughs> North. I was talking with somebody and they brought up a good point um, that, you know, some of these actors that that be in these uber huge blockbuster films, sometimes after they're done with it, and Elijah Wood obviously with the Lord of the Rings films became a superstar. And, and then after that, you know, most uh, actors kind of rest on their laurels and fade off into oblivion by doing romantic comedies and other boring Hollywood yeah. fare. And he seems to have taken this opportunity. To be, yeah, because he's, he's made his money. He's made his huge money. Now he's going for challenging roles and just deciding to act on his own terms. And I think that's, that's really admirable. I love it. I, I love seeing him doing this stuff. And my favorite, I'll, I'll stop talking in just a second, my favorite thing uh, that he's done since this maniac thing was to come out on a talk show about his love for Tim Ritter's uh, Truth or Dare or Critical Madness, which is no. one of my, my ultimate favorite horror films. It's amazing. I love it. Tim Ritter is a guy I've uh, been in contact with for a long time. He is super honest, super heartfelt. He's a true-blooded horror freak, and uh, I admire him. He uh, He's a, one of the reasons I've had him on Astro Radio Z in the past. And he's one of the reasons I became a filmmaker, so... When I hear people actually giving him the time of day, I love it. I absolutely on love it. November 1st, the day after this whole 31 Days of Horror thing ended, I, I watched Killing Spree for the first time. Oh, oh yeah, I love that. So, with Asbestos Felt. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man, I love that movie. Wild. And Elijah Wood throws himself out there, and he's really like one of us, one of the big fans. And Google Gobble. Like, Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. One of us. But he like throws himself out there. You know, he's taking some chances and I, I really respect it. I'm like one of the only people I think that was kind of middle of the road on the Maniac remake, but I say that with like a big caveat that's saying, you know, I can totally see myself revisiting this movie again and thinking more of it, which does happen sometimes. It just feels like one of those movies that you kind of might need more than one viewing to absorb. There's a lot going on there, a surprising amount going on there. In regards to Maniac, specifically the original, um, I love I love Maniac. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I think Joe Spinell is fucking perfect in it, and it's like the grimiest, dirtiest fucking movie. Yeah. So it's the sort of movie that could never, ever be made again. Um, no. You know, and especially today, it would, could never never be made. Uh, even well, the world doesn't exist anymore. Right, exactly. Yeah. That world doesn't exist anymore, so it could never be made. I have no intention on watching the remake because I don't watch remakes, but, um, you know, but, uh, but I'm, you know, maybe someday if I'm super, super fucking bored, maybe I'll watch it. But it, uh, It's really great, Mo. I'm usually the same way, and I know Andrew hates the discussion on the hatred of remakes. I'm usually, I shy away from a lot of them, but this one, is is totally yeah, worth I, it. I, I thought it should, was totally you worth should, it. Uh, you should really watch The Fly, though. David Cronenberg's Fly. Well, no, obviously, really yeah, 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 yeah. The Fly. I'm talking about uh, modern remakes. I mean, like The Thing, The Fly. I mean, the last well, good the, the, remake made back in fucking 1982. Well, the reason why I liked Maniac a lot is because our favorite remakes are often the ones that are can stand as their own movie and are more of an update of the story more so than a try attempt to make the movie again mm -hmm. maniac sure really is it's maniac really is its own movie um, in that case they should have given it a different it. name and and there's a lot of elements of the of the original maniac in the remake i mean I they're know. but they're not hammered the way that most remakes it's done sure. with tact and taste 
and done very, very smartly. I'm not going to keep ignoring this man. He just waltzed into the room. He's a good friend of Astro Radio Z. He, he, he walks the red carpet, nothing but rose petals all over when he walks in the room. Mr. Director, Glenn Bittner. How are you doing, my fine friend? I'm doing fine. Thank you. See how you walked in the room late here, Mr. Glenn. You can be the first one, other than myself, to, to give what was the best movie you watched during the 31 Days of Horror. Billy Club. If you guys haven't seen it, these are the same guys who brought us uh, a couple years. It was Blood Junkie. Billy Club, it's it's a slasher using uh, baseball. I mean, you have hockey already, so baseball. And as as the guys who made it said, uh, Nick, man. Nick, uh, Nick Summer. Nick Summer. Summer. And I forget the other guy's name. Drew Roses. Drew Roses. Yeah, yeah Drew Roses. Um, they were talking about, you know, it's like, well, how do you make baseball scary? And you go with a, an old-timey umpire outfit, and they pulled off uh, – a pretty intimidating looking uh, looking killer, I think, and it had it had good comedy as well. That's that's what makes a good slash for me is, is you got obviously you got killing, but you have to have something to break it up too. Otherwise, it's I mean I, I think the you bats need, for you laugh occasionally, and I think Billy Club they pulled it off wonderfully. Yeah, I was a big fan of uh, Blood Junkie, and obviously I I I know the guys behind the film. Uh, Nick Summer, we've worked together in the past. He had told me during throughout the production, he was giving me little hints and details here and there of uh, what Billy Club was going to be, and I was super excited to see it. And uh, when it came on at the film festival, we saw it at it looked like a million fucking bucks. They did a great job. All the money they, they got for that movie is on the screen. It, it's the, the killer's intimidating. It's very stylistically cut and shot. Yeah, I love it. It was it was a great film. And I know uh, Mark the Movie Man's also a big fan of uh, Billy Club as well. Oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. it uh, I figured it was going to be decent based off of Blood Junkie, but I didn't think it was going to be that good, in all honesty. I mean, it surprised me quite a bit uh, how they were able to come up with an original slasher where you can see influences from other slasher films, but they really made it their own, and it didn't feel like someone trying to do another Jason or trying to do... They really came up with a good background for uh, him, a good behavior, you know, because a lot of your slashers have their certain tics in that or their certain, you know, styles or whatever. And So I think they really did a good job of using the stuff that they liked from other slasher films, but really making Billy... Uh, Billy Club, uh, a unique slasher, uh, and that weapon, the bat with the fucking <laughs> blade and nails, yeah. was just vicious. Yeah, I want one of those motherfuckers. It's uh, it's awesome. And for those of you that aren't familiar with with what we're talking about, please go go Google out uh, film Billy Club, and you'll see right away. Most of the promo art is of uh, uh, an umpire with a, a bat that has. Uh, Tons of huge nails sticking through it, and then a retractable blade that comes out the end of it. It's it's fucking unbelievable. It's a, it's an awesome movie. Seek it out. It's it's hitting the festival circuit just now, um, so it may be a while before it gets national distribution. But rest assured, this thing looks like it, it's a super ultra low budget film, but it looks like a legit Hollywood film. Mm-hmm. This thing can yeah. will will blow away the vast majority of the independent features that come out of this ilk so check out billy club mr andrew please tell me what was i'm always looking forward to your picks so please tell me what was the best thing you saw this month oh thanks man my favorite movie i watched in in, um, october was escape from tomorrow 
the, there was a lot stacked up against Escape from Tomorrow because I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get into the movie when the whole time I'm just thinking about, they filmed this at Disney World. You know? <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to just sit and enjoy it, but the movie's actually so cool and so creepy and, and uh, very original that I didn't buy it, you know, but <clears throat> 10, 15 minutes in, I just didn't think about it. You know, I wasn't thinking, how'd they shoot this? And is that a green screen or things like, you know what I mean? It yeah. Really, it, it was so cool, it didn't really take me out of it so like escape from tomorrow for people who are listening that don't know it's a full length horror movie that was filmed in the walt disney world park mm -hmm. and in hotel rooms on the disney resort whether or not you believe that disney knew about it or not the fact is that it's really cool it's a I, I, the way i would describe it is if um the Tetsuo, the Iron Man people made one of the vacation movies with Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, um, it's quite. It's got a lot of surreal imagery. It's extremely uh, creepy movie. It's about a family man who takes his kids to Disney, like keeps following these teenage French girls around and creeping mm -hmm. on them. And then, uh, meanwhile, just like violent things happen. There's a decapitation on one of the rides. Um, people's faces, like their eyes turn black. He has an affair with this woman. Uh, there's vomit. There's like shape-shifting. There's a whole conspiracy <laughs> plot. I just was... I, and plus, man, just the black and white horror movie that's new. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know when's the last time I saw somebody try that and have it be good. And some of it made me think about Eraserhead. Um, yeah. There's some really like weirdo shit that's just like I don't know man visually it's great it had a lot of unforgettable uh, images in it so I loved Escape from Tomorrow super cool well some that, of the shit one of the oh go ahead Max sorry oh uh, I was just gonna say uh, I, that's a, that really uh, is great to hear because uh, the trailer did not catch my attention at all so to hear that it actually was really good I might actually go seek it out now it, it's definitely a film that'll keep you, get you going. I got a chance to see it as well through We Live Film. Someone had a link and they said, "Hey, everybody, watch this review." And I was glad I got a chance to see it. It's really a surreal film. I wasn't expecting it to be like it was in a, and, but that was a good thing because it kept you guessing, and it really had almost a, a Gilliam type feel too. Uh, but I love the black and white part because Disney's always so bright and colorful. And just taking that color out of the place made it look completely different. It made it look completely creepy and like just this surreal world where you're like, do I really want to go there? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard nothing but really good things about it. Um, did you guys get screeners? Is that how you saw it? Or is there an yeah. actual way to go see it right now? No, I, yeah. I got a screener. Yeah, I did too, but you can, um, I think iTunes probably has it, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You'd okay. have to look. But uh, I just, I mean, like Mark said, man, the seeing Disney in black and white, but then that the whole the plot having something to do about a, kind of a pedophile in Disney. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That was just right. so oh, fucking geez. crazy. And, and really and truly, if you've ever been to a, a park with your family or been to any sort of event where it's supposed to be happy like Chuck E. Cheese, but you're having like a really shitty time, like maybe you feel sick or, you know, like every kid's had like at least one experience bad like that. That movie nails what that shit feels like. You know? Yeah. And that's just a small part of why. But I tend to really love things that most people can't stand. So I don't know if this is a recommendation at all. <laughs> it, it's definitely not a standard story told either. I mean, it no. is really a surreal type of moment-by-moment moment film that makes you wonder, okay, 
what did I just watch? In a good way, though. I mean, it got people talking. It got a ton of people talking who saw it, you know, and everybody interpreting something different. And, oh, I love that. I love yeah. hearing about stuff like that because I get, we get so bored into complacency with the vast majority of these films now. So I'm really looking forward to that one. So awesome pick. Tanya, you always get tossed to the end of these, these rows for some unknown reason. So I'm going to shift the focus. I'm going to come over to you. What was the best thing you saw? Um, well, I did really like Maniac. I thought that was really quite good. I didn't, um, it wasn't 100% the movie for me, but I think artistically it was done really well. I really respect the movie and I liked the things they did, even though some of the, I guess the POV stuff I didn't think worked for me 100%, but the fact that they did it and did it well I thought was pretty cool. Um, but we already talked about that movie. So aside from that movie, I did see a movie called Haunts, and mm. it was on this. Uh-oh. <laughs> Chilling classics. Yeah. That thing, yeah. I'll reference again when I talk about the worst movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shocker. That's a shocker of the worst movie being on a public domain set that you picked for five bucks. Yeah, it just basically has any random thing under the sun. None of the movies have any kind of cohesion between them um so it's really just a like a wild card pick when when we tried to make it through my husband and i tried to make it through the whole pack doing 31 of these and we made it through maybe like 12. <laughs> and not all in, in order we just couldn't do it you are troopers because i don't even think i could do that i have two my wife bought me a while back for uh, either my birthday or something um like 250 packs of those things and man i watched three of them and i was out i was like didn't forget it i can't hang with this there, there were some good i mean there's some good titles on here like bad taste is on oh here. yeah oh there you um, go gothic um Ooh. there's a bunch there's a bunch of good ones but the thing is you know Basically, it comes down to the movies are 20 cents each, if you do the math, and how much it costs. They're selling it for a really low price, and obviously they put very minimal work into it. So the viewing quality of a lot of them aren't that great. So if you like one of the movies, you really want to buy the DVD through a different company. There was a movie on it called Haunts, which I'd never heard of. It was... I looked up the director, let's see. I just was looking him up. It's... Uh... Her breed. It was so it, very unique. It was it really surprised me. Um, there's basically it's about this woman who there's this um, killer in her town, and she's attacked one night, uh, but gets away. And then all this stuff starts happening, and it's one of those you don't know if it's really happening to her or if she's kind of crazy and making stuff up. Um, and then she has these weird, like, fantasy moments, too, really short ones. But then at the end, there's this, it's not a twist, but there's this reveal at the end that is really kind of creepy, and it makes you understand everything that this woman's going through, and it's really kind of sad and creepy at the end there. And it really took me off guard, and I, I enjoyed this one a lot. It's called Haunt. Yeah, there's a lot of really great people involved in that one. I've never seen that one, but Cameron Mitchell's in there and Aldo <laughs> Ray. I'm really intrigued. I'm going to have to check this thing out. That sounds awesome. I would recommend it. I'd be interested to hear what other people think of it, too, because, I mean, I thought it was like, you know, you kind of expect a certain thing while you start watching it, and then it 
starts to defy those expectations and you're going, where is this thing going? That is the best kind of movie. Yeah. I, I think that like one of the first movies that I watched for, for the month, um, A Bell from Hell was kind of that way too, where it was kind of standard issue, you know, the, uh, the, this family puts this uh, relative away in a mental ho- hospital and he comes back to wreak havoc. But at the same time, he's he's like on the side learning to try and be a perfect emotionless killer by working at a, a slaughterhouse. And instead of just insinuating that he's at the slaughterhouse, they show actual really brutal in-depth slaughter footage. Uh, and it was disgusting and totally like took me... Uh, just hit me across the face because it was made in like the early 70s it was there's i mean i wasn't expecting that so i think sometimes you know some of those films where it just completely defies it takes a convention and defies that is just like some of those are the most satisfying films uh it's like the first it's like the first time you ever saw mom and dad (laughs) mom and dad's great no, the movie Mom and Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad. I thought you were insinuating first time you saw your mom and dad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mom and Dad, first time you see the movie Mom and Dad. It just hits me across the face. Oh, on that note, Mr. Moporn, how about we go to you, sir? What was the best thing you saw? Well, I wanted to comment that I, too, have uh, familiarity with these ridiculous <laughs> box sets. Uh, actually, me and Doug... When we started No Budget Nightmares, the plan was to watch every film in this box set. And I think we've done maybe a half dozen of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, you know what? We're just going to do 555 or Sledge. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's, just, let's go to the ones we know are good. My 31 films, I think I did 33 total, but not bragging or anything. My uh, 31 were classics. It was all stuff I'd already seen. It was all stuff I knew I would enjoy. So like I wasn't like trying to, you know, plumb the depths or anything. I think I watched approximately two uh, movies that I had never seen before, and <laughs> both of and both of them will be mentioned later. Um, <laughs> and uh, so for my best, I have to go with The Exorcist. Nice. You know, just classic, uh, amazing horror and. Uh, I had actually genuinely forgotten how, like, incredibly frightening that film is. Like, I think I watched it at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and immediately yeah. regretted started watching it. Watching yeah. It. yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Especially because I keep forget- I kept forgetting about those scenes where the face would pop up. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm watching it. She comes walking through the kitchen. All of a sudden, the face pops up. Like, Nuh! I, I just like, shit myself. Yeah, exactly. It was one of those situations where I'm like, I need to go wipe my ass now because I, <laughs> I, something expelled. You know, <laughs> the sound play. design of that movie is right. is what right. makes the majority of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is a creepy fucking movie, um, but just so great. Uh, I love it to death. I um, I think next year when my nephew uh, is a little bit older. Um, he's 10 now, so I don't think he's quite ready for that. But, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. We watched some horrific shit together this month. Like, I, we watched Dead Alive. Um, oh, I love that movie so fucking much. Uh, the entire time he watched it with his pillow over his face. Like, oh, I don't want to watch this. this is How old is he again? He's 10. Oh, he's shit. 10. Yeah, I was already watching shit way worse by, yeah, I by know. that point. But he hasn't been. So this has really sort of been his first foray into horror. Um, take him into the fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So next year, I'll pro- next year if I'm if I'm still around here, I'll probably watch uh, the exercise Exorcist with him and uh, and scare the bejesus out of him. 
Nice. So that's a that's a solid pick. I you know surprisingly I did a lot of that this year as well. I think last year um, I almost entirely did movies I hadn't seen before, and I yeah, got I did burnt. too. Yeah, I, I got burnt real hard on oh, on the vast majority of it. It was like I had a good string of ten movies that blew in a row, and it just burnt me out. So I I think this year. Even though I usually, because I know there are a lot of guys like in the group, Ian uh, Davidson, who runs a Talks Without Rhythm podcast, he was in and he had it all scripted out. He knew every single day uh, what he was going to watch and this and that. And I can't, I just get hang. I'm I'm way too fly by the seat of my pants and impulsive for that you kind know, of regimen. I actually did the same thing where I scripted out what I was going to do every day. And then by day three, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to watch this. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I get, too, because I had a whole stack. My whole plan was the first three movies I was going to watch, I Spit on Your Grave, nice. which I never watched because I'll, I'll put this out there. And I'm sure I've said it in the past. I hate rape movies. They're like What's my least favorite. Yeah. They're my, <laughs> they're they're my, my least favorite. favorite. Like, <laughs> yeah, I bet. Rape revenge movies are like my least favorite horror film ever. I just can't stand that genre. He just... said, "As the Defilers plays behind." Yeah, <laughs> right. Hey, for real though, one you should watch though, because it's so like different from all the rest. Is called "The Skin I Live In" by yes. Pedro yes. Almodovar. Mm-hmm. It's a rape revenge movie, but it's like nothing like any of the. So other good, so good, yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had that on my list for a while, so that's good to hear. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I ended up just. Want popping in whatever the fuck I wanted to pop in all month, and uh, a lot of it was stuff I had seen before. So, don't feel bad, Mo. Don't feel bad at all. I don't feel bad at all. I never do because <laughs> yeah. I'm, soci- I'm a sociopath and I feel no remorse. <laughs> that's that's good to know. Ever so, Miss Mr. Mark the Movie Man. Let's let's go to you next, oh, my fine sir. What what are you going to uh, pick as the best thing you saw this month? Jeez, everybody everybody kind of. Picked mine. So, well, you could no. Go ahead and pick, if you if if somebody Double picked up, your stuff. Do it. Yeah, do it. I mean, talk, just we can we can go on a little bit about it. I I just want to add a well. It was a toss up. It's got to be Billy Club again. That that one really surprised me. I mean, considering how Blood Junkie was, I enjoyed Blood Junkie, but it did look a little bit lower budget, even though they were going for the eighties. Uh, but the the way it looked, it looked like kind of a first film, and Billy Club didn't look like someone's second film from the guys who did Blood Junkie. It looked even, I mean, better, and it was better put together. It, it just, it was an improvement from their first film, and that's what you kind of like to see from especially indie film stuff. And it, it it blew me away how good it really was. I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of like Blood Junkie, and then I watched them like, oh, this is just, this is just freaking amazing, you know? So I, I really liked it just because it, it, it surprised me that much. Uh, of how good and how, like Derek said, how it's a, for a low-budget film, it really looked high-quality Hollywood style, yet the story was independent horror. So, you yeah. know, I, I really like... It was liked, quirky and it was weird, and it, was, it, and it defied convention. I mean, it had yeah. the, the slasher element to it, but it, it wasn't a slasher film. It no. was it was a lot more than that, so... And, and you mentioned Maniac, too. That was another fun one with the POV remake and Escape from Tomorrow. I really like some of the stuff we're seeing out of the independent horror type stuff because when we get to the worst 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah there, let's not mince words. There was some real bad shit that I watched this year. There was some pretty bad shit. So, okay, so Billy Club, awesome, awesome pick. And Mr. Scott, we left you to the last because you're uh, you're the virgin here. So, because uh, you have no video up. <laughs> so, so, Scott, give us the best thing you watched this year. Now, you know, like Mo, I had seen a lot of movies that I had seen before this month as well. Um, just what, really whatever I felt like watching. And so, you know, you got I, I'm looking at the stuff I rated the absolute best, and it's stuff I've seen before, like Black Sunday, amazing, you know, Female yep. Vampire, amazing, uh, Night of the Demons yep. is my favorite film to watch every Halloween, stuff like that. But I'm just going to say, like, the uh, film that really, like, amazed me that I did watch that wasn't probably the best new movie that I watched, Boarding House. Oh, yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> this movie... <laughs> What was this? I mean, I actually, <laughs> I actually, like, on a, on a total whim, I bought, I actually bought that, um, limit, that limited edition thing from Diabolic. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice. It's nice. got both the regular version and it's got a director's cut that runs two hours and 38 minutes. Now, God, that's amazing. <laughs> I still haven't seen that, that director's cut, but you know what? I can't wait to see it because uh, basically I was afraid to see it. I said, I said, it's going to be, you know, in 1982, it was shot on video. Yep. It's probably going to be pretty dull. It's going to really drag on. And, you know, how the hell would they, they even do two th- hours and 40 out of it? I better see the theatrical one first. <laughs> I watched that. I said, no, I can totally see how they – there's yeah. stuff that you need filled in. It just goes all over the map. You've got a guy with this, like, amazing hair who goes shirtless for <laughs> all the time. And, like horrifies us with his bikini briefs and everything. Who's the director? He's Scott. A- Scott, let me let me let me warn you. The director's cut. The additional hour that's in there is nothing but the opening text scroll. Just to let you know, they put another additional hour of that opening text scroll. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm probably not supposed to be saying anything about this yet because it hasn't been officially announced. But a certain podcast that certain people happen to host uh, is go- are going to be doing uh, Boarding House within the next couple of episodes. So oh, pro- awesome. so good. Probably like mid-December, me and Doug are going to do that for No Budget Nightmares. Awesome. You've got, people with, you've got this like guy who's like the total playboy with telekinetic powers. <laughs> yep. You've got just weird shit happening in the house, people turning into monsters and then just like shrugging off like, oh, what the hell is that? Uh, and, uh, it was just, this was the most amazing, insane movie and I love finding movies like this. This just gets me so <laughs> excited about films. I was just super pumped over this 1982 film that was shot on video and then blown up to 35 millimeter yeah. screen. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's the kind of thing that I would just, like, die. I've said, like, yes, this is why I'm doing that stupid YouTube web series is because of movies like this. That was the one that just blew me away. Have you seen Las Vegas Bloodbath yet? Not yet, no. That's a good one, to, too. You need to track that down because I think you'd find that pleasantly surprising. Let's see if I have it. Like, there's a bunch of stuff I have in my collection that I haven't even watched yet. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the Boarding House is one of those movies where I think the best reaction you get to that movie is when nobody tells you about it and you happen right, upon it. Right. Um, because when I saw it, a, a really dear old friend of mine, he, he came over one time, we were having a bunch of beers, and he's like, hey, I brought a movie we gotta watch. I'm like, oh yeah? 
and he, he, he just pops it in and in the opening text scroll <laughs> goes on and it just starts. And I, I, we were pretty, we were like three sheets to win at that point. I looked over and I was like, what the fuck did you just put in here? <laughs> and, and as it went along, I kept laughing and laughing and laughing. That movie is so amazing. It's one of my faves. I absolutely love Boarding House. So solid, amazing pick. Um, some really great films here, guys. Um, so let's move on from the Blowjob Fest to go to the Flusher. Let's go to the toilet. Can what were the worst? What's up? Can I change my favorite one real quick? No. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can, Tanya. I like to change mine, too. <laughs> yes, Tanya, please go. Because Haunts was the one that surprised me the most and the one that I hadn't seen that was my favorite, but the one that I've seen before many, many times um, was An American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah, that's I got a, great a chance one. to see on the Cinerama big screen. And if anyone knows what that is, that's the really huge... They actually play old Cinerama yeah. movies there sometimes. And um, it was pretty amazing. We saw The Birds and American Werewolf in London and Army of Darkness during a festival right around Halloween, so... Nice. Yeah, that's an amazing theater. I've been there myself uh, when I used to live out there, and I loved it. Um, I also, not to drag this on, I also got to see uh, uh, Friday the 13th at the theater on the big screen, and I, I thought that was just about the fucking greatest thing I'd ever done in my whole entire fucking miserable life. I was laughing and giggling and acting like a little bitch the entire time. I loved it. Let's let's get on with the trash talk. Let's get on with the worst fucking shit we saw this month. We're gonna start off with uh, because Mr. Mo Porn really talked a big game here. He had he has some shit to get off his chest. So Mr. Mo Porn, go for it. Notice that I left. I didn't comment at all about when you said he just slid it right in or whatever. Anyway, um, you didn't comment that he said you had a lot of shit to get off your chest either. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine with the Cleveland steamer every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna uh, say who actually put it there, but. <laughs> we all know who pooped on uh, his name is Doug Tilly um, <laughs> no the worst the worst film that I watched not a new watch the, the new watches are both I, I have two picks for most surprising and those are my, my the new watches uh, no 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 my worst film is uh, Blackenstein the Black Frankenstein <laughs> oh, oh man I keep hearing bad things about this movie that's yeah, not good yeah, I, uh, I, listened, I listened to a podcast about it, and I said, you know what, this sounds so bad, I need to watch it. Yeah, so I watched I, I watched Blackenstein, the Black Frankenstein. I refuse to say just Blackenstein. I have to say Blackenstein. In case the you Black didn't get Frankenstein. It, yeah. it's, the, it's the greatest. It's the greatest title ever. Because obviously they intended the film to just be called Blackenstein because it just says Blackenstein, and then in superimposed, you know, text they wrote the Black Frankenstein. Like that needed to be clarified. Yeah, yeah. You didn't you quite know? get that from the title. It's not like the Bleacher of the Black Balloon or something like that, where you like you need to figure it out. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's it's inarguably it's not the worst film I've ever seen. That one goes to Hip Hop Locos, but um, the it, it's it's top five top five worst films I've ever seen. It's top five most boring films I've ever seen. Uh, it's about as plotless as anything something weird puts out. And um, that's saying something, you know, except at least those are entertaining and have boobs and stuff. The yeah, black and <laughs> was fucking terrible. Yeah, just no, bad makeup. My, my problem, 
My problem is, is that I was expecting a bride of Blackenstein, and I just didn't. And there wasn't one. Yes, there is. Is there? Is there a bride of Blackenstein? Um, it was a Saturday Night Live sketch. Oh, uh, bride of Black Frankenstein. It was actually awesome. <laughs> see, that sounds that sounds great, but uh, yeah. So I don't want to talk about Blackenstein anymore because it was a traumatic experience. But um, <laughs> that was that was the worst film I've seen this. I saw this month. All right, all right, Mr. Glenn Bittner, give it. Oh man, there is, as you said, there was a lot of shit this month. <laughs> I mean, it could have gone to the race of Roanoke with uh, TV's Highlander Adrian Paul. It could have gone to. Uh, could have gone to the bottom feeder where you can see just how low Tom Sizemore has gotten. Uh, could have gone to uh, zombie strippers where you can see that Jenna Jameson's best days are far behind her. Yes, they are. Instead, it went to Mongolian death worms. <laughs> oh, God, you actually watched that. I did watch that. This is uh, ah, Stephen R. Monroe who did the I Spit a Grave remake. Wow, this movie, it's like its like he sit there, he, he watched Tremors and said, I want to make a movie like Tremors, but without the humor and the talent and, <laughs> you know, wait, no, let's get that let's get that guy from Boondock Saints. Oh, you mean Norman Reedus, the guy in Walking Dead? No, no, the other one that no one remembers. <laughs> <laughs> Takes place in Mongolia, which looks a lot like Texas. <laughs> the fact that Surprisingly. There's like one Mongolian dude in all of Mongolia. Everyone else is, is like white dudes. Even the, <laughs> the sheriff is cowboy hat and boots. Driving the sheriff in Mongolia? English police. <laughs> yeah, it's called Genghis Khan. Oh my gosh. It was just it was bad on so many levels. The Sean Patrick, whatever his name is, Boondock Saint Flattery. guy plays a treasure yeah. hunter who is competing with this. There's this oil company who's digging for experimental oil which unleashes the death worms. Well, he's trying to find some vault to lost treasure. Ancient lost treasure that's built out of modern-day cinder block and reinforced steel fire doors. <laughs> you know, just... I gotta tell you, you're making me want to see this damn movie. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of want to watch this now. Little, little known, little known uh, fact, the movie Mongol was also filmed in Texas. <laughs> but Mongol is actually good. No, I... Yes. <laughs> no, no, yes. Awesome. Awesome. That was a very entertaining pick. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mr. Andrew, please tell me. Hey, what, what's the worst piece of shit you saw this month? <laughs> well, I want to say something about Blackenstein. <laughs> he's going to defend it. No, I won't. Um, I'm wearing the Blackula t-shirt, and nice. you can't do... Black the the Frankenstein of after Blackula no. and 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 not even attempt to bring it. So when I watched Blackenstein, I was coming in because Blackula is one of my favorite movies of all time. I was like Blackula. Now let's watch Blackula. Right, yeah. So anyway, that's that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I know that, this because, is because because that didn't work. We missed out on Blombie. We missed out on the Wolf Man. <laughs> the Blill Man. The Blummy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Uh, I know this is a radical stance to take on the internet, but I actually take no joy in, in uh, pulling apart, you know, and saying negative things about movies. I, in my career uh, as a journalist, I, I um, if I don't like a movie that I saw, usually I'll just keep watching them until I see something that I can speak about. 
and then that's what I'll focus on. But um, this one was kind of like shooting fish in a barrel because <laughs> I, um, I, I, I didn't think anyone was going to watch it, so I felt like I had to. Uh, my curiosity got the best of me with uh, Argento's Dracula 3D. Oh. oh. I haven't um, seen that yet, but well, see, that's that's the thing, Weaver man. Memory. That's exactly the that's the thing. Uh, I feel like I'd been seeing that trailer for like years, yeah. and I'm like, well, Argento's, you know, he knows how to make movies. I mean, right? I mean, he has more b- good ones than bad, right? I mean, he's got a career as an artist, you yeah. know. I mean, he's he's got no reason to have something to be a really really terrible. But Argento's Dracula 3D doesn't even seem like he made it. Um, the quality is super awful. Uh, the video quality is super, really bad, like um, worse than Sci-Fi Channel bad. And that was really, really distressing. And, um, you know, in the trailer they show, like, Rucker Hauer and they show, like, this praying mantis and uh, there's all this stuff. But truly, man, the only thing that made it worth having picked up was that um, um, Ozzy Argento is naked in it a lot. <laughs> oh, but well, man, you'll just because there's nothing at all creepy about casting your daughter in a film than making her naked. <laughs> well, yeah. that's such an old that's such old news by now that I, I mean, yeah. sorry, no man. So I'm not I'm not going to go on and on about about it because that's not what I do. But like, um, I'll just say that that um, he's that was a huge huge disappointment because he's got a history of being like a real, you know, he's an icon. He's really should know better, and he's he shouldn't put his name on something that was. That came out so bad. Like, um, I was wondering, did he watch it? Like, was he seeing how it came out? Was he, you know, because Argento's not known for going corny on purpose. You know what I mean? Right. He's, he's got, um, uh, you know, it just it it'd be like George Romero's Jackass. It just doesn't make. Sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing, man? Not now. Don't do well, that. Well, it's it, it's funny that you bring up George Romero because I I mean to be honest, this this news depresses me highly because I'm a immensely huge Argento fan and I, I I think in the last decade he only really has like one or two decent things that he has done and uh, the vast majority of it's been really depressingly bad to the point where it doesn't even feel like Argento's even behind the yeah, films at Derek, all. You know that's the thing that I'm kind of actually worried about because uh, you know, Russ Meyer near the end of his career had Alzheimer's and he, the dementia was pretty bad but he was still making movies. Those movies are bonkers but they're great. You know mm-hmm. like the, the great things about Russ Meyer as an editor, as a cinematographer, uh, just as a filmmaker in general, those still are there in movies like Up you know yeah. and, and, and but um but with Argento's Dracula, you're thinking like, all right, he's probably like he's going, he's losing his marbles. You know what I mean? And that was really sad. But I think the the worst thing about it, and the only reason that I would would even go on about it as long as I have, is because you start to uh, think about, boy, what do you want Argento's legacy to be as a filmmaker? You know, toward the like end of his career, and you don't, you think like you wouldn't want him to go out making that bad of stuff. Like this isn't even as good as as like the Mega Shark movies and stuff like that. I mean, it's really, I couldn't find a way to enjoy it. Ironically, even, you know what I mean? But that would be a shitty way to watch an Argento movie. Like not him, you know? Like that's not to be watched as ironically bad or like hey let's watch this piece oh it's another uva bowl movie it's another argento movie it's gonna be shitty it's gonna be great like that right it sound right you know no it's that that fucking pisses me off because honestly i don't think i think the last three features he's done have been awful and uh i haven't seen this thing has been teasing me on my amazon instance on demand i i 
it's a seven bucks right now, and all oh, month long I opened that up and had my cursor over the buy it, and I just couldn't go through with it because Mother Tears left one of the worst tastes in my mouth I've ever had, and then Giallo came out, and that was an absolute monstrosity. Yeah, um, I would. I think something's happened to him, man. Honestly, because like, don't watch this movie. And the only reason I watched it is because really, um, I thought no one I knew was gonna, and I was real curious, you know. And well, again, I'm way too curious about it. I'm way too curious about it, and I'm going to end up watching it regardless just because I've watched everything that he's done. It just makes me so sick to my yeah, stomach. Yeah, you, know you know what it's like, man? Honestly, if I could just do an analogy real quick about it, I would say it's just like, you know, somebody just like propped him up and put a fucking birthday hat up his ass at, at his funeral. <laughs> that's quite but don't you feel that that's the same, that's what uh, Romero's been doing as well? Like, it doesn't even feel like Romero's behind any of these new films. I mean, it and... does, but this is so far away from, so far removed from anything. That there's none of his style is there. None of his, like, tone is there. None of the artistry is there. There's not an attempt to put a red light near somebody. I mean, it looks like it looks like it wasn't finished being even color graded, man. And as an uh, editor, yeah. like it's as an editor, man, this is gonna it would drive you nuts looking at it because the black levels in one shot are like they full of blue in the next shot and then back again. Like the quality was just I I thought I'd bought like some pre-release like work print or something. I'm not you know I wouldn't exaggerate, man. That that was just like real sad. Like that's that's terrible. Yeah, and I don't I don't take any joy in in, uh, in talking bad about movies. Like I don't do that shit because there's you know plenty of people on the web that do. But like in this case, I feel like it's just like a funeral for a great career. Let's think about it. Argento, the idea of Argento doing a Dracula movie sounds amazing. Exactly, man. It, exactly. It sounds amazing, especially with getting Claudio Simonetti back. To do the soundtrack for it, Goblin back together to do this soundtrack. Oh, God. It was just like all the pieces are there. Asia Argento, who you know is one of the most beautiful women in the entire world, in the history of the world. This just depresses me. I want... Scott, yeah, it, did you did I, you see this movie? They, uh, yeah, and I think you just mentioned Claudia Simonetti. I think, I mean, I would be surprised if this were a case like, say, like uh, Suspiria, where they did the score beforehand and they was playing it. Cla it, the score actually kind of sounds like Claudio Simonetti looked at this and said, Jesus, is this supposed to be a joke? <laughs> because, well, the soundtrack is actually pretty decent because I've listened yeah, to it. Yeah, he puts in like, this virtual theremin and stuff like that. It's almost like he says, okay, we got to play this up to make it seem like maybe Argento's not being serious because it plays like that. It plays as corny, if not more corny, than Mother of Tears. And, Mother of Tears. Let's yeah, not talk about that fucking movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. And, you know, I go hot and cold. Most of Argento's films I have not liked. Of recent. Of recent, I should say. Not, well, of course not forever. But, like, there's been some that I liked. You know, like, for instance, Sleepless. That was good. Uh, yeah. I actually liked Giallo. I know you didn't like it, but I liked mm -hmm. Giallo. Uh, well, Adrian Brody was, I mean... Oh, let's. I don't want to get bogged down just trashing all these latter era. No, yeah, man, I just but... like the biggest difference between this and like uh, uh like Romero's old, the newer stuff is that I feel like Romero still could probably make something good if someone gave him the money to do it. He's yeah. making movies. That, he's making the only stuff that people would. Yeah, he's gonna let him. Yeah, do. I but, agree. But Argento's Dracula, man, I'm serious. Like I, I could. I just think is. I think he's. I think he's gone. Like mentally gone because there's just no way. Uh, if you took his name off of it, 
um, it would just be some like, huh, all right. But with his name on it, it makes it worse. Like it almost worse. feels like a Bruno, a, a latter day Bruno Mattei film. Yeah. Latter day? You mean his entire fucking career? <laughs> yeah. Well, I love Bruno. I love Bruno Mattei, but let's be but let's be honest. Like Hell of the Living Dead. No. <laughs> Latter-day. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie 3. Tanya, what was the worst thing you saw this month? Well, referencing the 50 movies. Like, right around the first couple of movies were the, the worst, and I'll tell you why. So the first movie that was pretty bad was called Death Rage, and it was starring Yul Brenner. Um, and I thought, wow, that sounds pretty awesome. I'm a big fan of uh, Westworld. And, but basically, it, it, the reason why it was so bad, well, first of all, the quality was really bad. And it, you could tell it was had the aspect ratio of film and that they'd had some kind of made-for-TV, some kind of thing that they put on it, and it actually cut off the titles and the, um, oh. the names and everything, and so that you see half of them <laughs> as they come in. And it's kind of, you know, wavery, and the sound's kind of wavery, and, and it's just a horrible way to watch a film, so there's yeah. that. Um, but also, it, it kind of read like, sort of like an action crime drama that they shot a whole bunch of footage for, and then um, didn't really have a script that was complete, or people were fighting over it, and it just got edited in all weird. Yeah. to follow the story. So it wasn't necessarily... You know, I can kind of see how the filmmaker or original script writer may have had something more cohesive and better in mind. But somehow, when this got all put together, it came out all wrong. And it was kind of dry. You couldn't really follow it. There were, there were scenes that were kind of good out of nowhere, and they didn't fit with the rest of it. And it just seemed like a mess. Something bad happened in, in this filmmaking experience, I think. Um the other one that was pretty much the same was called Medusa, starring George Hamilton. And um, both movies, I think one was shot in Italy and one was shot in Greece, I believe. Um, both movies, my husband and I were watching them, and we started enjoying the uh, scenes with like the scenery and the extras more than the actual parts where people were acting with dialogue from the script. And we started watching the movie just for that. So... <laughs> the rest of the actual plot kind of lost it. So <laughs> there's that. The extras were good. Yeah. <laughs> the scenery was cool, but you know. <laughs> there's a the, sifting through those thirty and fifty and hundred movie packs is is such a dicey situation. It's like walking through a minefield. You never know what what kind of transfer you're going to get, what kind of film it's going to be. Um, yeah, look at look at this. Hey, I but think... that, that drive-in one that Mark keeps holding up, man, that that's actually got some great stuff on that drive-in one. Man. Yeah, there is some good... Isn't, like, Trip with Teacher on there? And Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's yeah, a lot there... of really good ones. The van is on it, too. Yeah, yeah. van's on there. That's a, van that's a good Boulevard one. Van Nuys is on it. Van Nuys. <laughs> I, also, I also picked up this one, the one... Uh, that has the whole bunch of sex video. Uh, oh, sex really madness. Solid. She should have said no. Test two babies, damaged lives. Uh, <laughs> I usually won't buy them unless there's like at least one or two that I've heard of. Yeah, well, this, this yeah. one was five bucks at like Kmart, and I'm like, they're selling this. I'm like, I gotta get this. Sex madness. She should have said no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds does, pretty. That does amazing. sound awesome. Yeah. 
I think the worst one I've ever purchased was a while back. Remember when uh, Tarantino put out Inglorious Bastards? Um, of course, some um, two-bit schlockmeister had to come out and retitle one of uh, Fred Williamson's old films as Inglorious Bastards 2. And uh, I forgot what company put it out. I think it was um, not Cold Red. What was it? I don't. It doesn't fucking matter. They they put out like a four pack of these old Indonesian uh, war films on it, and uh, Inglorious Bastards two, which was titled as something else. The actual transfer, the matting of the film. Now imagine, look at look at my screen. Where my hands are, that's as big as the screen was for the film. <laughs> I'm not I'm not fucking kidding you. The matting was horrible. It was four by three, but then also it was shifted upwards. It was it, <laughs> I could I couldn't believe they released this fucking piece of shit. It was just like it was unwatchable. It was and I'll usually watch just about anything that has Fred Williamson in it. I I mean I couldn't do it. I just couldn't hang. Some of those things on the, the when they a few years ago they released a couple volumes of something called the Grindhouse Experience. I think it was called the Grindhouse Experience. Yeah, it's still really expensive, so I've never got it. Yeah, now, right. well, now they are. Now they are. Like back then, they were like super cheap. I remember, and that that actually was even Netflix. I think had them some of them for rent for a while back when they were still doing that regularly. And um, I got some of the discs, and you know they're you know VHS dupes, and obviously like taped off of things like I mean you there's one thing where I, you start the movie off and there's like a road some video of like a rodeo show and you're like what the fuck's going on and then it starts off and I think it was something like striker I'm like oh there's the movie you know? <laughs> 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 I mean it's just amazing where you're like who had the balls to release this good god yeah yeah well the best one is the the cheerleaders collection I don't know if anybody bought the cheerleaders collection yeah that one was that that one's the shit man it's got swinging cheerleaders by um by Jack Hill, and yep. it's got but the cheerleaders and cheerleaders revenge. Those movies are nuts. There's so much nudity in those movies, <laughs> crazy. But swinging cheerleaders is actually a seriously awesome. Like it's almost as good as Switchblade Sister. That's how good it is. That's saying something, Jack man. Hill. It is. Yeah, it's great. I love Jack Hill. Spider Baby, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Spider Baby, right with that, you. Right coffee. With you. Yeah. They play. Uh, they play Spider. One. They play Spider Baby on a uh, bordello of horror, which I'm. On, on occasionally in the chat and talking with Freaky and that he has that on there. I think like once a month they do the Spider Baby remake or uh, re, um, rerun or whatever. And uh, yeah, that movie's fun to watch. I really enjoy. Yeah, it's a Spider great, Baby. great, great freaking flick. Uh, Mark, why don't you you go ahead and give us uh, the worst thing? Oh, the worst thing. That's a tough one. Um, yeah, you love all the crap. <laughs> Come on, Mark. You were giving it to me earlier today. Come on. I know you got this on the uh, the tip of your tongue. God, I'm keeping that one to myself, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, wow. Um, Restraint. <laughs> I am restrained <laughs> today. Along uh, uh, worst lines, uh, before we get into my worst one, because i, I got to think about which one real quick, I just <laughs> saw an announcement. They're doing a prequel to the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Don't talk about that bullshit on my radio show. I don't want to hear about it. Thank you for bringing that up. I will edit it out. Um, go, ahead, go ahead and, and continue on with what I asked for. <laughs> Put down, oh. <laughs> Mark, Mark, you should totally just say a couple of words and then mention it, and then say a couple more words and then mention it. You know, and make and make the editing job impossible for him. Did I mention what the Texas Chainsaw prequel they're doing? 
Yeah. Okay, okay. You guys, you guys do realize? Did they not do that already? Possible. Yeah, no, they did do that already. That's that's what's freaking ridiculous about this idea. Man, I'm really confused. Oh, yeah. oh God. as you should be. You know, it, it's a tough one. Uh, even though I, I kind of enjoyed the performances of, of Julianne Moore and Chloe Moretz in it, because she so yeah, saw a lot of good indie horror, so I was mostly watching indie horror, but when I went to the theater, it was the Carrie remake. Um, that one really, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the performances of Julianne Moore and, and Chloe Moretz, but uh, that one was tough to get through just because... Yeah, it, they tried to make the classic, but it wasn't scary at all. You, you know, I mean, they, they totally took any scare out of it. And it frustrated me because new people new people who haven't watched the original will go to this one and say, oh, that's what Carrie's supposed to be like. And I'm like, that's not supposed to be there. I mean, they, they were missing the, the hand coming out of the ground scene. Oh, my, yeah. favorite, my, my, my favorite scene out of that whole film. And and so that that was one of the bad ones. I mean, I, I gave it a all right rating, but that was only because Julianne Moore and Chloe, uh, the uh, Chloe, really do a really good performance, and they help make that movie entertaining. I don't think if they get them, that film even gets off the ground at all. Uh, so I mean, that was one of the bad ones I watched. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, I watched so many. I'm trying to remember them all. Uh, in all honesty, I didn't quite care for um, it. Showed at the Ashkash Horror Film Festival. It was the uh, Planet of the Brain Suckers, the animated one. I wouldn't say that was like the horrible, but I I didn't quite care for that one. I know you remember. Did you see that one, Glenn, at the yeah. Ashkash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I could, I understood what they were going for. But I just I couldn't get behind it with the way they they did the animation and the voice. Oh, acting, I've seen so. that one. I've seen that one. Uh, I was a, on a jury for a festival in Chicago, and that one and a, another movie they made was uh, selected uh, also. Right. I, I, I wouldn't say. I wasn't gonna say you know it's worse. It's just I didn't quite get into it. Like a, a number of people I I read reviews on. I'm like I just I couldn't quite get around it. Like. No, Run, Mark! Run! Somebody <laughs> <laughs> in a dangerous neighborhood. Oh, um, yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched most of my horror movies were from the festival, the Oshkosh Festival, which were really good. So uh, I didn't have too many like really bad ones. But out of the ones I watched, those were, the, those were the ones that I, I probably liked the least. You know, they weren't they weren't horrible films, but they were ones that I I liked the least. That's that's good. That's always positive. I I wish I would have a thirty one days where I would love every single last fucking movie I watched. Um, that would be that would be the best. The Carrie remake. Uh, I don't want to go on about it, but my whole thing is, what's the point? Yeah. Scott, give it to me. What was the, your least favorite thing? The worst thing that you saw this month? Well, uh, I have two, which is good because it sounds like you're gonna cut one of them out. Uh, <laughs> oh, you motherfucker! Uh, well, because the worst one that I had not seen—I got I had one that I'd seen, one that I hadn't seen. The worst one that I had not seen was Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, bad, mo- bad movie! Oh. Crap! Nothing positive to say about this thing yeah, whatsoever. Shameless cash in. 
Uh, the news that they might be doing another one is it's, just like another. It's just another thing of them just using the name. They have no idea what makes it great. No idea what makes it special. It's just trying to get like the little teeny boppers away from their, you know, like iPhone money and shit. It, it was it was awful, awful, it, awful. Nothing good to say about it. They're licensed to do five more. Oh, they'll never do it. It'll, it no, they just own the rights. They'll just yeah. sit on those rights. They'll yeah. never, they'll never realize that, and they'll sit on those rights until somebody buys it out. That's what'll end up happening. Oh, look, your lips to God's ears. Uh, <laughs> you know, and the and the worst one that was. There's nothing good to say about it. I don't even want to talk about it too much. Good. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the worst one that I had seen because uh, I ended. The, I, the only thing I knew that I was going to watch for sure was that I once said, well, we're getting close to Halloween. I watch all the Halloween movies. I'll watch all the Halloween movies again. Now, the worst one that I had seen was Halloween Resurrection, which is, yeah. again, just like Texas Chainsaw, the lowest a, a beloved franchise has ever sunk. And in this case, the Halloween. I mean, that, one's about, got that, that one's about Jesus, right? <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. You know what? It would have been better if it was about like Jesus. <laughs> Jesus comes back. He says, "You didn't think think I'd rise from the dead." Ah, you know, kill him. Like, but the Last <laughs> Temptation of Michael Myers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, well, this thing. I would totally watch that. Uh, yes, me too, actually. But I mean, Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks doing a internet streaming thing with webcams called Dangertainment. And just every single cliche, like when <laughs> the Weinstein's when they would had their when they were really pumping the Dimension Films banner, and they would just take these things like you know Halloween, Children of the Corn, Hellraiser, and all these things, and they would just dilute it and like lose the point about you know everything about it, and just became a cash in, and it kind of actually kind of ruined them a lot, and it's hard to convince people that how great that are just coming to the series, how great these things used to be. Yeah, for anybody who says, you know, I mean, I, I understand people who hate ho uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. I understand it. I don't agree with it. I understand it. Not not in this house. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. But anybody who says, like, that's the worst that it's gone, uh, did you see Halloween Resurrection? That was <laughs> the worst. I could just, I mean, I have, and it actually was the very first thing I ever, also, like, years ago, it was the first review I ever had published when I was uh, uh, editing Horror Express, and um, this is my first time seeing it in the, like, over a decade since then, and it hasn't gotten any better. It's just awful. Um, I, I'm going to go against the grain here and uh, say that I actually find Halloween Resurrection slightly entertaining. Oh. Uh, it because <laughs> I also did a lot of Halloween watching, surprisingly, this month, and it's my least favorite of the major horror franchises just because it's kind of boring like the majority of the the sequels just don't really have much going for them they're just literal regurgitations of part one over and over and over again except for part three which is it's our yearly halloween movie we watch season of the witch every fucking year we love that movie so much <laughs> so so yeah um i guess i i guess i gotta get in the mix here with what i didn't like i i'm not gonna rag too much in a lot of these but I, i'm gonna give a few out there um before we we start wrapping up uh, the proceedings and move on to another discussion but uh i also have uh just a few and by a few, I mean a, a way too many of these uh, combo packs, these $5 Walmart horror combo packs. 
And uh, I watched one that was like the Backwoods Slasher Pack or something like that. And I watched this movie called Butchered. I don't like ragging on independent films because, as most of the people that are on this panel are actual independent filmmakers can attest, it's not easy making these films. It's very tough, and you have to do something in order to put yourself out there and get noticed. And when I see independent films that just rest on their laurels and rest on convention and just do the same thing everyone else is doing, it, it one, it depresses me, and then two... When it's, if you're going to do that and you don't do anything interesting with it, um, there's really no point. You're just, at this point, you're just hoping you trick somebody into thinking your movie is something else. And uh, Butchered was about the most blasé, boring, it had no teeth to it. It was a, a slasher where none of the kills were on the screen. Every single last character in the film was just abhorrently boring and cliched and it was just it's abysmal it is it is the bottom of the barrel of walmart horror terrible terrible film and that's saying something because i watched an andy milligan movie this month um so yes i i I watched guru the mad monk as as is uh the norm i fell asleep halfway through it um i'm just good i'm just gonna put this out there I was not meant to watch Andy Milligan movies. It's just, it's not in my constitution. It wasn't meant for me, uh, destiny-wise. So, yeah, Andy Milligan, uh, there's just a couple more. The the Silent Night remake was was just about the worst remake I've ever seen. Other than that, you know, there was, uh, that was it, really, for the really, really bad stuff. But Butchered, yeah, it was just, just, just awful. So, I'll just put this out there and let's keep this brief. Uh, if there was any movies this month that, that kind of su- surprised you that you had never seen, now obviously Mo's seen just about everything, so he can't really chime in on this one. But uh, there was there was one. The reason I say this because there was one I had never seen. I bought on VHS a while back, and I had a lot of people tell me, yeah, you got to check this out. And then other people tell me, no, it's a total piece of shit. Um, William Friedkin's The Guardian. I watched that. And uh, that movie blew me away. Not in not in a way that it was a great movie, but it was just literally the most fucked up thing I saw all all 31 days. It's just so gonzo, so weird. There's a, literally it's like a hand that rocks the cradle movie where all of a sudden halfway through it, a tree completely tears three biker rapists apart very brutally, and it's just like what the fuck just happened. And then uh, the climax is just pure ape shit. Um, the Guardian, amazing. Anyone who hasn't seen that movie, uh, please do so. Uh, it's, it, it's it's fantastic. freaking awesome. Yeah, it's really fantastic. Yeah. So let's go down the row. Uh, let's start with Glenn. We'll go down the row. Uh, did you have anything that kind of uh, sideswiped you, uh, Glenn, that you watched? Um, I mean, a little. It was a little bit of a surprise. I wasn't. I, I didn't know much about it when I went into it. But the movie uh, Bakshui or Thirst. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And Root Park. Oh, I love Thirst. That's a good ass movie. I, I, I didn't. I knew nothing about it. Just a friend recommended it, and I just said, "Okay, it's a Korean vampire movie." So I'm like, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." I didn't know it was made by the guy who did Old Boy and yeah. the Engine series, and yep. it was it was a great movie. It really, really was. Um, that was almost my favorite of the month, if it hadn't been for Billy Club. Just, I. A good story, and just even the fact that it was, you know, I'm watching it subtitled because it's, you know, it's in Korean. The acting is tremendous. I mean, 
I don't get that a lot with yeah. a foreign film where, where I can really, you know, almost understand what they're saying without knowing the language at all. But they just, they really got, like, the emotion across really well. I think they did a, a beautiful job with that. And Park is just, he's just a great director. Yeah, absolutely. I agree totally. Andrew? Oh, man, hey, Thirst is, fun. I'm glad somebody brings it up. That movie makes me happy. I don't even like vampire stuff, but that's, like, one of the best vampire. Like, I put that with Let the Right One In and Near Dark and stuff like that, where it's just, like, taking a vampire and doing something great with it. I'm glad you mentioned that, man. I'm going to go watch that after we done with it, man. <laughs> the addiction. You need to pop in the addiction. That's where it's at, yo. Is, is very good. Um, I watched a movie from a New Zealand horror comedy called Fresh Meat. And I was oh, like, yeah, yeah. you from New Zealand, huh? You making a horror comedy, huh? There's a lot stacked up against you, brother. Yeah, so, uh, you know, because I mean, we mentioned Dead Alive earlier. I mean, what what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Yes, but uh, because it was cannibals, um, I had to see it because I want to see every cannibal movie there is. So um, it's about um, some criminals that uh, do a home invasion on these people's house, and it turns out the family is a cannibal family. Like a, it's got this little web cooking show they do out of their uh, the, out of their house, and they cook up people for meat and eat it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, Act 3 is super, super ridiculously violent. I mean, like, like all kinds of, like, maiming and a really surprised dismemberment that happens to a lead character. And, um, like, it's just, it's, it's really wild. There's great camera work. There, the acting is really cool. And it's just, like, you, you really like all the characters. Uh, the name of it's Fresh Meat, and I had heard nothing. Like, I didn't know shit about it. I just watched it because I'm like, ooh, cannibals, got to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that one too, and uh, that that sounds great. That that reminds me totally of The Guardian. Like, literally, there was stuff in there that just popped out of nowhere, and it was yeah, so man. ultra-violent that it was just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, and I think that's the problem with a lot of a lot of movies now that are just like, you know, because the rating system is so permissive of gore and stuff now, that just like they can be gory every two minutes, and the that violence really loses its impact. Those violent moments, because you're like, wow, I just saw a head come off. The fuck do I care? Another head come right, off. Right, right. It's like totally. man, if, if you t- and and you know the same thing with you say you don't want to bust on low budget filmmakers, but they every every character ha- says fuck all the time. It takes <laughs> away the power of language, and it just it uh, you know when somebody says the fuck word, that could be used better. It's the same thing with with violent moments. Like cool thing about. Um, Fresh meat is it? It really picks its spots where it's gonna, you know, really, really kind of flip out with it, and that's why I think the ending had the impact that it did. But it's crazy. I mean, it's real crazy. Like the dad, that guy, I recognize him. I don't know what he's from, but you're gonna see him. You're gonna recognize him. You're like, he's from something. He's ape shit. Like through to the very <laughs> end, ape shit. I would recommend it. Like you, uh, I don't, I don't think any of any anybody on this would dislike it. It's a pretty cool movie. Great ending. Awesome. Too. I can't wait to see it. That sounds yeah. amazing. Mark the Movie Man, hit me. My surprise was actually a film I already watched, but I hadn't watched in ages, and that's Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yes. I watched it too. That yeah. movie was fucking hilarious. And what, what, what gets me now, when I watched it when I was young, I constantly watched it, and I enjoyed it for many reasons. Okay, you know, the, alone, the trucks, and everything was just badass about it. But I hadn't watched it for a long time. I've got it on the original Vestron VHS. The yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. The only and way I to watch it. it. And when I watched it, I realized, because I had actually read a few books between when I watched it last, and a couple of them were Stephen King, and I'm looking yeah. at it going, 
this film is so classic Stephen King. Yeah. It's him just making a B movie because yeah. you have all his classic tropes and characters in here though they're, they're still in there if you read enough of his books you can identify you're like oh that's that character and that's that character but it's just him making a b movie it's him having fun going i'm not making a really serious film i'm gonna no. make, i'm just gonna have make a fun movie and i'm high i'm so high on coke that i can't really think straight <laughs> and i'm gonna just write the funniest shit really on, on imaginable a fucking atm calls him an asshole for christ's sake and then emilio estevez emilio estevez tells t- calls a fucking truck a, 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 you hear that you fuck yeah. <laughs> or fuck what does he call him fuck face or something like that That whole movie, though, just watching it again made me realize all over again how much I loved that movie and why so many people, I mean, it's got a really low rating and people slam it. I go, do you really pay attention to what's going on in this film? This film is just fun. And it's yeah. most people don't. It, it's Stephen King having fun, but yet it's still classic Stephen King characters in there. And it's know, still really it, dark. It's still a really it's dark, dark movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's very prophetic, too, because, you know, machines totally control motherfuckers now. I mean, look at the phone. Yeah. I mean, it came yeah. true, basically. What I love about Maximum Overdrive is there's a thing that nobody really mentions. Uh, there's a watermelon that smashes near the very yes. beginning with the bridge mm-hmm. scene. That's a gory, like, uh, you know, like a foreshadow. I always, yeah, even as a kid, did. I was like, oh, God, that was a violent-ass watermelon. That thing just explodes. I, yeah, and it's cool because it's almost like a head blowing up. You're like, man, that was, you know, the older I get, the more I'm like, hey, that was pretty smart what they do with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. That film's entertaining on so many levels. So, I mean, that's what surprised me was going back and watching it and realizing just how much I loved it and how much of it was actually classic King that I didn't pick up because I hadn't read his books when I was younger. So and the music uh, too, right? AC and the, oh, well, then an ACDC, the soundtrack. I mean, how can you, know, you can't go wrong with that shit? It's a great movie, still. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I never really, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I never really rated it much. You're making me really want to give it another. Rewatch it. Rewatch it. I, Seriously, I, that movie's hilarious. That's why I like shows like re-watch this it. because even if I, if it's something that I didn't really agree with at first, say like, I like take you take in the opinion, you're like. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, watch watch that and then watch um Pet Cemetery like both actually, yeah. cool double or that and Repo Man. Actually, I Repo Man. Actually, you know what? Repo I actually did rewatch both Repo Man and Pet Cemetery this last month for the 31 Days of Horror. Oh, that's funny. Nice. And uh Repo Man is actually one of the I didn't post it in the group because I didn't count it really as a horror film. It was on the site when my site was 31 Days of Spooky <laughs> stuff. Yeah, Scott. Don't if you don't feel bad. Uh, actor it's, friend of mine, Tom Lodwick, posted the Dark Knight Rises for fuck's sake. So I don't think I, think I, <laughs> I don't think I would have gotten that man. Oogie loves. I think I posted Oogie loves, but uh, the, oh, uh, that's, that, oh, that's, that's a, a horror film of a different kind. But yes, uh, very much so. But uh, Pet Cemetery, I didn't like very much actually. Oh, I love that movie. I know, and everybody else loves it, and I'm like one of the I'm I'm, I'm an idiot. Herman but, Monsters uh, in it, man. Yeah, but, uh, 
After all, he's good. He's good in it. And so and when he cuts the back of his, the little kid cuts the back of his foot, right? Through the ankle, right? And then the the sister that's got Zelda. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's too scary that part. But Repo that shit man, freaked me out when I was a kid. Mo, I know you. You. Why don't you? Why don't you just instead of giving me something that's a price, why don't you recommend a, a nice filthy movie for the listeners of Astro Radio Z? Well, I mean, right now tops on my list is the Flesh trilogy from uh, Michael and Roberta Findlay. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going through all of my old something weirds again, and the ones that are always really just sticking out the most to me is the ones I remember loving the most are all of the Findlay stuff. It's, I mean, like The Ultimate Degenerate might be one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> um, you know, and A Thousand Pleasures is really great. Uh, any of the Flesh movies are amazing. You know, I mean, they're roughies, so yeah. go in expecting that. But, uh, you know, other than that, they, I mean, they are just fantastic. Although I, I you know... Uh, I did. I do. I do have one movie I wanted to mention that surprised me. Um, I had two, but I'll I'll leave one of them off. There's one that I want to mention, um, and that's Axe Giant: The Wrath of Paul Bunyan. Oh, I've been looking. I've been eyeballing that up. I reviewed that recently. God, that movie. Oh my lord. <laughs> I was. I was. I went into it sort of expecting to like it because people had said some stuff to me about it. But I did not expect to like it as much as I liked it. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. CGI is it's fucking horrible. terrible. It's some yeah. of the worst CGI I've ever seen. But the suit that they have Paul Bunyan wear is phenomenal. I love it to he death. Goes, it's so he great. Goes ape shit because somebody <laughs> took Babe the Blue Box's horn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got the shrine to his dead ox, and one of the kids steals his horn, and he just goes ape shit. Yeah, he stole the shofar, and he's uh, now he's all pissed. All right, so, sounds like something I'm gonna have to drink a six pack to and pop on. It's been on well, my instant view. Yeah, I was gonna say it's on instant. So it's it's an inside instant view. Yeah, it's amazing. Awesome sauce. I can't yeah. can't wait to watch that one too. All right, Scott, you're up next. What's up? Yeah, I just want to say that Mo, you know, because he was talking about the Flesh trilogy on uh, on the Facebook thing as well. Yes. The thing about the Flesh trilogy that gets me is, and I watch it a, a bunch too, is that those things you were talking. So uh, I think uh, was it Derek? You were talking about how filthy Maniac makes you feel. Right. Like, yeah. Everything. Yeah. The Flesh trilogy, even the scenes that are outdoors, seem like they were filmed in a Port Authority urinal. They I are mean, yeah, yeah. so no, it's true. It's true. and grimy. I yeah. love them. They're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, the, uh, the Flesh trilogy is basically as dirty as Maniac or like street trash. You know, it's like it's just such filthy movies and that's what I love about them. That's what I love about Ruffies. And that's why I have well, now it's intermission stuff, but it was the Defilers on before. You know, and just I love that shit. I love coming out of a film and just feeling like you need a shower. You know, it's great. Do you like um Sean Costello's movies? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those are without a doubt the grossest I've ever seen. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean anything that anything that sickens me, not necessarily like in a vomitous sort of way, but anything that makes me feel bad to be a human after I'm done watching it. It's like I love that so much because yeah, I'm the, I'm not a good the, person. I did the graphic design for his uh for his autobiography. I did the cover of it. Nice. My the one that surprised me, I guess, uh, completely opposite, I guess, of the, like the flesh trilogy and stuff. 
And it's not because I'm, I'm not like totally always against this, but I think because a lot of the films I didn't like this month were big movies, like the Carrie remake, like uh, World War Z was on the list. I didn't like that. Ugh. Ugh. Didn't like Ugh. that at all. Thought it felt like a video game. Felt like watch. Felt like watching somebody play a video game. I'll game. never. I'll never watch that movie. It's I'm pretty good at knowing crap. just that I'm gonna hate something. Just not yeah. even. You know, it's I'm pretty good. It's at that. terrible. Yeah, that's why I. I won't watch if if something strikes me right off the bat as something that's just not gonna be my taste. I won't yeah. even waste my time on it. Zombie movie, so, no blood. So that's why I was surprised when I actually really liked the new Child's Play movie. I really liked Seed of Chucky. It wasn't bad. It's I know, Chucky. It, it's um. I've never really gone nuts for the Child's Play series. To g- give you a little like background, you know. I mean, I thought they were some. You know, they were good. You know, and then Bride of Chucky happened, and it was it was funny. And you know, Seed of Chucky happened. A lot of people didn't like that at all. I actually thought, yeah, no, it's kind of still kind of funny. Cause, probably because I wasn't that attached to it. This one went back into the, like like the whole dark area. It was uh kind of confined to this uh large. Ma- house uh, on one night, very eerie, and it really was an actually pretty effective movie that actually did a good job of tying into the rest of the series with this small contained horror story, and uh, it was just, uh, I, I was I was very surprised, I was not, I, I thought they were going to probably go into, it was going to be average at best, and I turned out to be, it turned out that I said, you know, this is Easily one of the best of the series. I was very surprised by what a good job they did. If you do watch it, stay through to the end of the credits. I would say the opposite. I would recommend not staying through to the end of the credits. If if you you <laughs> no, uh, I'm just I'm just being a contrarian at this point. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I I liked it too. Did has has everyone seen the new Chucky? Yeah, I, not, yeah, I, I, I actually, I agree with you, man. I actually like, I like the seed, seed and bride of Chucky with the comedy horror thing, and then I like the Child's Play original for separate reasons. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a bad decision to kind of mix them near the end. Like, yeah, I, that was like, I was like, I wish they hadn't done it because um, they had a good thing going with the whole rest of the movie. And I'm like, oh man, don't do this, man. Don't no, stop, stop, stop. Come on, come on. yeah. Uh, so tonally, it kind of shifted like abruptly. You know what I mean? Like the tone just it threw that off because like, well, you just made a horror Chucky. What are you doing with the horror comedy Chucky? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to reference this stuff, but people watching this know. You know I, mean? I appreciate uh, that Mancini went back to try and like he didn't ignore all the rest of the films, but at the same time, yeah, but and like, I don't want to talk too much on it because obviously more people here haven't seen it um but it just yeah i think there's like a subtle reference earlier in the movie to those movies that ties it in and yeah that was was fine for them to do i think they went too far Mm -hmm. Um, it's not as not like i can understand that i can i can can see your thing i just i don't quite agree with it but i see where you're coming from on i agree a hundred percent yeah i agree with andrew a hundred percent on this i think i think that the whole last act of the film is just way overdone and compared to the first hour of that film where I was sold on it being almost my favorite child's play movie that had been made, it just turned into a pile of mush to, for, my, for my taste. But Say that. That's the last, the last half hour, really? Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Oh, wow. It's I, just me. Because I, I, as Andrew said too, my, I don't find Chucky to be a scary character. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of dolls. I'm not scared of doll movies. Um, 
so I liked the the comedic, you know, kind of you know playful Chucky a lot better. I think I thought the character worked better in that capacity. Um, so I was a little hesitant to to see this new one because uh, going back to horror is like uh, that's not the Chucky I want to see. I don't really care about that, regardless of the fact that number two has some great stuff in it. I really liked like the last uh, scene, the climax of number two is amazing. I mean, it, yeah, the climax a... of number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, uh, like you that. know, yeah, I like think that. Curse of Chucky is fascinating to me because you know, oftentimes people are like remake. No, well, would you rather have a shitty sequel made instead? They're like, oh, no, just, <laughs> just no, just be original only. And like, okay, we're gonna have the guy who made all the original yeah. one. He's gonna come back and make a new one here. Now is this good? Like, what's what's the best one? The remake, but the sequel, or you know what I'm saying? But like, he also on. made the last couple movies, didn't he? Oh, he made yeah. he made Seed I, of Chucky too. He made Seed of Chucky, and you know, he didn't I think I accidentally called it Seed. No, he, I, you're I, right. I think he did the last one, which was, of course, the last one was like insanely humorous. Yeah, I love that movie. I thought and, it was great. Uh, this one was just the opposite. It it said, okay, now we're going into something much, a lot more contained, a lot more dark. You know, the lights are out for most of the damn movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so very well it was, shot. It was it was just neat from a, a horror fan's perspective to go like, all right, well, you know, you got you don't have someone new doing a sequel, and you don't have someone new doing a remake. You have yeah. somebody carrying on their series, and can yeah. they do it? You know, like, I agree. let's see let's see if this really can happen. Yeah, that's what's hey, I'm sure that's what the poll for the nerds was. I mean, same yeah. with Texas. Texas Chainsaw 3D with the nerd the the horror nerd poll was hey let's let's get John uh, John Duggan and and get Gunner and get Bill Mosley and get Carolyn Burns let's get all these people on back but they don't fucking do shit with them well, anyways I don't want Argento man Argento oh. you know See? oh I'm just I just want to. I just want to end it all. Um, <laughs> Tanya, Tanya, let's let's wrap up the, this discussion of 31 Days of Horror with what was the movie that surprised you the most? Um, well, I already mentioned Haunts. That yeah. one was very surprising to me for the reasons I mentioned. Um, the other one I liked was one that you'd seen, The Bell from Hell. Yeah. Uh, that that was that so different than I thought it would be. And it was, it, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it unsettling. Yeah, it was eerie and unsettling, and that was what really worked about it. Yeah. And it was, you know, about revenge and human nature gone wrong. And, um, I, yeah, that one was really um, surprising, too. And I did end up liking that one. I think honorable mention is uh, Ghoulies. That one I've never I love you! Really I love you! I love the Ghoulies movies so much. And because you were writing about it, I was like, all right, I got to check it out. It was because I, I blew it so much in the previous episode, right? <laughs> I had to check it out. That one was a lot of fun. I I just thought the, the puppet work was really fun, and the story was just, I don't know, it was just fun. You know, it was, like, weird and wacky. And, and Jack Nance coming as the warlock at the end. And, uh... <laughs> you know, I really hope that I don't know if they're still watching this or still listening to this or maybe they're listening on a later thing. I really hope my co-hosts at Film Geek Central, because we used, did a 1985 podcast earlier this year. We are going to start to review every film that was released in 85, which included Ghoulies, of course. Yeah. And um, we didn't make it, obviously, you know, because, you know, but... 
and I was the only one that gave a good review to Ghoulies. They just trashed it. One of them gave it zero stars. You know, How? You see what I'm How working? do you, you see, do that? That movie's so you do good. That to you see what I'm working with here? You still talk to those guys? You still talk to these folks? Right now. God damn it. Well, this was this was the conversation of the last episode of Astro Radio Z was the bad movie culture, and we gave our favorite so called quote unquote bad movies, and that was my pick, my favorite, because I've watched yeah, that right. thing endlessly. I love it. I rewatched it again for Thirty One Days of Horror. I fucking loved it. Had a great time. I think it was the first time my wife actually watched it all the way through, and she loved it. It's just it's just a fucking great movie. There's no two it's ways about fun. it. I yeah. The complaint I kept hearing from him was it was boring, and I'm like, how are Ugh. you bored by that movie? Bored? <laughs> oh. I mean, every, it's just constantly moving. I mean, when right. Peter Lapia says, "I know, let's do a ritual." Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> or the dude's doing. How about the dude that's doing the headstands and all his drugs fall on the ground, and then he falls over and goes, "I think I broke my skull." <laughs> <laughs> I love that fucking movie. So uh, let's let's wrap up 31 Days of Horror. I think um, this year I had a lot of fun. Toward the end, I was getting burnt out. I got to be honest. I think most most ever because I end up going a little overzealous for 31 days. I I always end up going over 31. And this year, I think I I went to 44 films. And uh, I know a good friend of mine and uh, an actor that was in a movie that I was involved with called uh, Dead Weight, Aaron Christensen. He goes under Dr. Horror. Um, he writes a blog and is a professional journalist. And he last year did like 120 movies. It Jeez. was ridiculous. But he had also he was also having donations that he was giving toward sure. an organization and all this jazz. Um, so I, I can't feel bad about 44 films that I had watched, but... Um, I always enjoy this month. I think it's really fun. I think as a horror fan, it's 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 a chance. Even though I watch horror films all the time, all year round, it never ends. Um, this month is kind of like an excuse for me um, to actually stop working for a month, take a breath, because um, I'm constantly working all the time, and uh, sit and veg out every night and just kind of. Uh, Forget about everything and just watch some some fun stuff. And this year I watched a lot of really fun stuff. And I'm always happy that people get excited to be a part of our group. Um, and anybody that's listening to this wants to be involved in the 31 Days of Horror Challenge, uh, go to our Facebook page. It's been changed today to a new group. And hopefully this will be a new segment on Astro Radio Z going forward called Film Jerks. It's, uh, it's the 31 Days of Horror Challenge group turned into a movie of the week kind of group where we sit and talk about uh, we all pick a movie. Tanya picked movies this week. Uh, I'm excited to see what ends up getting picked. I have a feeling we're going to be watching Troll Hunter. That's what I voted for. Uh, Good fucking movie. <laughs> so uh, it'll be exciting maybe hopefully we can uh, we can make that a segment of uh, the shows going forward I'm hoping my aim is to, to do some more shows more frequently let's give a general consensus everybody what were you like what are the general thoughts of 31 days of horror is it is it something everyone looks forward to every year or is it something that are you starting to feel burnt out by it because I know a lot of you do it every single year what's the general consensus Last I year I did 60, so I mean this year to do 33, I'm like, oh, awesome. Like I actually got to tone it back a little bit. Um, and it was all movies that I'd already seen, so like 
it wasn't one of those things where like I really had to sit and pay like close attention. So uh, I mean, I did, but I didn't have to. Um, unlike with the last one, when I did sixty, it was it was specifically sixty horror films I had never seen. So uh, that was a fucking tough list, and that was a really slog, like a real slog to get through because I had to watch like Satan's Little Helper and Santa's Sleigh. And see, that's like, why I never, you know, I never yeah. list stuff. I never yeah. list stuff. I always go with I have a stack of stuff, and because of the instant queue, it's always changing. So right. that will, right. I can just pop on when my stack isn't hit me that night. Right, I never, right, right. if if I were to do that, I would get burnt out on thirty one oh, yeah, days. Oh yeah, that's totally really what happened fast. to me last. That's what happened to me last year. Um, although I do have to say that uh, I did enjoy Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus and yes. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. But other, other than that, it was really fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just like the, the I feel for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this was, I, I did. This is the first year I've done it. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Uh, no problem. And uh, I did sixty six this year. And, uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I worked at you. You're working all the time. I work at I work at Blockbuster. What am I gonna do in my free time? I suppose. Uh, Were you watching a at Blockbuster? Because <laughs> there's like no I customers. To go out. You know, so well. Please tell me you were watching these movies in the store because there are no customers anymore. <laughs> no, I've, I've. You know what? I've, I've begged to put up. I spit on your grave in the store, and they don't. Yeah. No, this one I did like '66, and I, I think it would be if I did what um, Mo did. I might have gotten uh, burnt out. So I'm really impressed because if I didn't, couldn't balance them with like the films that I had seen that I knew and loved. You know, like I. I saw Big Trouble in Little China in there and Black Sunday and all that stuff. I think I would have probably gotten burnt out. At the, at the moment, I'm still watching like horror films like crazy. I just blew through two more John Rowland films last night. Nice. Well, what did you watch? I watched uh, – well, I, I, I got the Blu-rays a while ago, and I'd seen them all before, but I'd never watched my Blu-rays yet. So uh, last night I watched uh, Demoniacs and Living Dead Girl, and uh, Ooh, tonight nice. – Great. Tonight I'm, watch- tonight I'm watching. Uh, I I know I'm already watching Fascination again because I love. Oh, that, that movie's so awesome! Yeah, I love that director. Anybody else want to chime in about their feelings about the month overall? I I always get burned out towards the end, and part of it is the fact that I do the I do the a video review for everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I I feel watched, for you guys. I've, I've probably watched about forty-five to fifty films actually. But I only pulled for the ones that I actually did the video reviews for. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, towards the end of the month, I start getting burned out. It's also the fact that I work retail. Yeah. As, as I'm burning out on that, my job is ramping up, so it's the, I'm I'm just a crabby bitch in general. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think this is the first year I didn't burn out, so that felt good. But um, I'm burnt out in so many other ways. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. I think for me, if it wasn't for the uh, festival at the beginning of the month, I might not have made it just because of the way my schedule and everything else is with, you know, two jobs and everything, trying to work it in. But for me, I watch horror. I mean, a lot of us, we watch horror movies all year round. Right. You know, too. So for me, it's just watching more of what I've already watched, which isn't isn't a bad thing. I just get a kick out of all these people who suddenly discover horror for October. Right. Yeah. Fine by me. I don't give a fuck. That's awesome. Which I don't mind, but then it's like the rest of the year they 
they don't shit on it, but they're just like, oh, well, you know, whatever. But then October comes around. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, and I just get a yeah. kick out of it. People, I feel the same about, way. I feel the same way about people who discover black exploitation in February. I'm just like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just make them watch Dolomite. <laughs> the human tornado. Petey Wheatstraw, Devil Son-in-Law. Yeah. If I could. Disco Godfather. And on that note, uh, 31 Days of Horror was, uh, was a good time. I appreciate everybody that came out and uh, joined the group and, and participated and had a good time. It's always fun to sit and talk with a bunch of like-minded geeks for an entire month about shit that you adore. Um, even when you don't like the stuff, it's it's still fun because mo everyone in the group was civil. This year, I didn't have to kick out any assholes, which I have in the past. This year, nothing but quality. So I, I appreciate everyone coming out. It was yep. another amazing episode of Astro Radio Z. I'm hoping to do another one really soon. Uh, yeah. So until next time, uh, I am Derek Carey. With me is Glenn Bittner, Andrew Scherer, Mark the Movie Man, Mo Porn, Yay. Scott Davis, and Miss Tanya Atomic. We love you. Wish you could have been here to, to round it out. But uh, that is Astro Radio Z. 